Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. Ori, 2022 wrap. What we, have we driven? Mate, we have had an unbelievable year, Mick. We've what did we start very, off with? We've been very, very lucky this year. We've driven a few wonderful cars, really. Cars that only dreamt of when we started this podcast that we'd be able to even look at, see, review, but actually drive. And actually never even think that we would actually get to drive them, let alone talk about them. And, and most of them, all, well, actually all of them, not most of them, all of them in Adelaide. In Adelaide, that's right. So all, none, none we did interstate. Interstate, so, yeah. so unbelievable experience. But, you know, we kicked off the year, like you said, in January, Mick. It wasn't going to get better, any better than the 250 G2 Lusso Berlinetta Ferrari. That was unbelievable. Not, so that was in January 2022. 1964. Lusso 250 GT. And we went for a decent drive in that hey, thing. Through the hills. Unfortunately, the, uh, one of the things that sticks in my mind is that I couldn't see over the steering wheel. No, correct. But still, come on, that was a bucket That was a bucket list Oh, moment. for sure. The 250 Lusso. Had that was be. the last of the 250 series, as in, in the two-seaters, not the, the GTE or anything. But yeah. Then you let me drive a couple of weeks later. Got to drive the WRX, my first time driving a WRX. And that's the one you said, well, hang on, what, what's the point what's, of this thing? What's all the what, fuss what's about? What's all the fuss about? You know, so that was interesting. It, it, for me, well, look, Mick, once you kick off with the 250, it was a little bit of a step down, it, no It's downhill from there, isn't it? Although it, we did the same sort of roads too. We, we did. did the same track. Well, we did. Through the hills. We, uh, do, we drove Don's 1953 Morris. So we went from a, a 64 Lusso. Right, uh, you know, I don't know what it was worth. That's, that's right. Uh, There's no rim, uh, rhyme, nor reason to how we drive cars or what we review and what we're lucky enough to have a look at. So we went to the Morris 1953, and I remember when we mentioned, well, when I mentioned the Morris, and you said, "What are we going to do a Morris for? Yeah, what are you on about?" That was a beautiful story because we had had Don on a few times. Remember through the restoration process, this was getting it after another. Yeah, you know, that was two years ago. That's right. To now roadworthy. So that was big. No, I enjoyed that. That was a good episode. And look, that that is a good story because let's face it, it was over a long period of time, and it went in you know, ebbs and flows in terms of emotions. Him, yeah, emotions. Yeah. Actually, we just the other day he came over and we put a uh, electric fuel pump on it. There you go. So he's still yeah, still so tweaking, still, still tweaking, still tweaking, and uh, it worked first time. The only thing is, we need to put some rubber isolators because it vibrates the whole car. Yeah, with the uh, attached to the underside. But uh, yeah, that was look. That was something special as well. Yeah. I enjoyed it, and that's you know that's one thing the podcast has taught me. Mick, there's some cars you think, oh, I don't know, you don't. But I'm pleasantly surprised. So I have no now. I've got no. Um, Build up ideas or preconceived ideas of what I think this car is going to be like. Yeah, but it's not only that, Ori. Is it the case that it's we get more? Well, we get a lot of enjoyment. I was going to say more enjoyment about the stories of the people Correct. with their cars. It's a history behind the car. It's not just because it's, it's provenance yeah. of the car. It's what the person, the owner, has gone through to acquire the car. That's what I love. And I what, love all what that they've emotion done with the car, you yeah. know. Yeah, the and emotional that, attachment that goes along with that owning of that vehicle, and then us to then experience it with them. That's where the joy and, and that's why we say, look, it doesn't matter what car it is. Yeah, 
It's about your enjoyment with the car, your attachment to the car, the passion, the enthusiasm. I mean, that's the important part about the car. And and if you look at the age bracket of the different owners of all these different cars, you know, we're going from young, you know, because the week after we drove the 595 Competition at Arbath, your son's, right? Which a is young, a 2018 or 19, whatever. A young man, and that was his dream car, and he loves it, right? To the gentleman that owns a two fifties in his early sixties. That's right. Right. So and had and the guy that's owned the two fifty, he had plenty of cars and still has plenty of cars right. of different eras and. That's what they all tell a story. They definitely do. I mean, I didn't get to drive this one. I know I came and saw it here, but I couldn't drive it with you that day. That C two Corvette. Which you finally got to drive. Finally got to drive that, and that's the one I went with uh, my brother Carl. Correct. And we took the Mustang Sally out that yep. he calls Mustang The 64 Sally. Mustang. Yeah, and uh, took the Corvette. And that was something special too because, I mean, you, I think that was um, a convertible, which I'm not really into convertibles, but you do feel good driving that. You do feel a bit exposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then, you know, we got the we had a couple of days – with a 911 Targa 4S Porsche, the new one. Well, that one there was special to that lady owner. Absolutely. Loved it. Loves it. Loves it. Loves it. Yeah. The only thing is we got a comment on one of the, I think it was either the YouTube video or the Instagram, you know, that we drove it like uh, driving Miss Daisy, that we didn't that we didn't push but, it along too much. And I think we're respectful when we're driving some, you know, when, they, when the owners give us these vehicles, we know the value of them. And so we are respectful also. If yeah, we were driving these cars on a track. A different story. Different but story. it's also because that is, you know, it was the 911 4S, was yep, it? The correct. 4S. Uh, brand new, and you know, it also was when you drove it, you didn't feel like you wanted to push it. Yeah, it did drive like you know, just a luxury sports coupe, like a just a luxury sports uh, GT. Oh, wait, you, I could drive that car every day. I can say, and my wife would drive that car every day. You'd be comfortable, and that's why I think the lady owner loves that car. She doesn't drive it every day. But she's a little bit like us, looking forward to getting into our cars yeah. when we get a chance. She loves driving it on the weekend and whatever. She didn't like it when I was driving it and she was a passenger, though. She didn't like that? No, well, I pushed it a little bit here and oh, there. there and she, she, she was, uh, so then, you know, in between all of this, we were driving our own cars throughout the year, the 456 and the 360, and it's always interesting to compare when you get back in your car after driving all these other cars. But isn't it the case that you feel very, very comfortable back in your own car? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it does, you know, we talk about it take, does take a while to get used to a car when you, you get it. But then when you do own a car and you've had it for one, two, three or four years, yeah, it's, it ends up fitting you like a glove. 100%. You know you everything about it. more and more yeah. comfortable. Yeah. When uh, you, and that's why sometimes I think, geez, we only get a few hours with some of these cars. Are we, we're not obviously doing justice, full justice, because we don't know what it is like to actually own it, live with it, know the- Park it. Park it, you know. So sometimes I feel that maybe, you know, we'd appreciate them more sometimes if we own them for longer. So we need to speak to the owners and maybe if they can give it to us for for at least- A month at least. A month. month. Well, look, we've had a couple of cars that we had over a week. Yep. Like the the Lotus Exceeds, that was 2022? Yeah, 2022. So that we had for a week, I think. That was, that, that, that was excellent. That was you excellent. You do get to know, and you you worked out how to get in and out of the car. Yeah, correct. Whereas if you just had it for, you know, some of the cars we only drove, you know, for a little bit, 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We don't appreciate, you don't appreciate it, and you don't get comfortable with the car either. I mean, we got exposed early on in the year to the SF90. We never got to drive it, but we reviewed it. But who would have thought at the end of the year we'd actually go in one and have a look? Our last car of the year you know, was, was the SF90. Was SF90, something we saw at the beginning of the year. And interesting that a lot of these cars, when you first see them or first go in them or – and we didn't drive it at the beginning of the year. No. We didn't – well, I remember not liking all the lines and how fussy it was in some of the Appreciated things. it at the end of the year. But when you went in for a ride and you think, far out, this is a beast of a car. Uh, no, 100%. And then how about Marcello's Beast, the 599 that we get to drive? Well, that was good too because that one there at least, uh, we had it for a fair while. That was good and it took me back because I had driven a 599 years prior. In the rally, wasn't it? In you the rally, it in rally, right? And so going back to a 599, it's a beautiful car. It, look, I yeah. I initially didn't really like it early early days yeah. because from the 550 and the 575, this became a bit more, a uh, bit bulkier. It was, you know, the, the waistline was higher, but it's grown on me heaps. And also, look, Marcello, straight pipe parts of it. Uh, so sounds and looks sounds, unbelievable. Yeah, and, right? you know, not that we really like the idea of it, you know, we, being a, you know, not a replica, but, you know, a tribute to the 599 GTO. GTO, yeah. But it does look good. No, it looks good, you sounds know, good. It, yeah, and, and know, he loves it. A, a great front-engine V12, hands down, right? We then we drove the kit car, the AC Cobra kit car. Well, which broke down, if you recall. Yeah, when you broke it, you yeah, broke down. Yeah. I was in the car. <laughs> you, were driving, driving you were driving. You were driving. He had to go to a wedding or something. Uh, but that anyway, was, he made it in time. The RAA came there and actually actually sorted it out. It was just a little was clip just a, that came loose. Uh, wide. But it's interesting with the kit cars that, you know, we talk about, you know, we frown upon kit cars a bit. But with the AC Cobra, you don't actually frown upon that as a kit car. No, and I think I had a new level of appreciation after driving that AC Cobra kit car. I thought it was great. And I now look at the GT40 kit cars differently. Yeah. Because I'd always wanted an original, obviously, but, you know. But I harder. think I, my personal opinion is, because I was trying to work it out, and uh, Carla asked me the other day that someone had bought a – for Dino, whatever they call it, the Dino kit car. All right. And and everyone frowns upon a Ferrari that's a kit car, but they don't on the AC Cobra yeah, true. or the GT40. Yeah. And I thought about it a bit and I said, I know why. Because the AC Cobra kit car, you actually put the appropriate engine for that car. car. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you get a Ferrari kit car, it normally hasn't got a Ferrari it's got a engine. It's got a Toyota MR2 engine in there or correct. something. Yeah, uh, correct. You know, WRX Completely engine yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's so, a good point. you know, whereas the uh, reproduction or kit cars for the Ferrari, the guy in New Zealand does or, or whatever, they actually use a Ferrari engine. For the actual re- – okay. So for the recreation. So I think that's the big difference. Like the GT40, you put in a Ford engine. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, correct. So you actually are getting as, you know, inverted commas, as close as possible. Like you said, a recreation. Yeah. So that's why the AC Cobra. That's a good point. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, I didn't, well, I never thought about it until it got questioned. I'm thinking, well, that's the reason why, you know, as soon as he mentioned this guy's got a Ferrari kit car, I thought, why would you do that? Yeah. But the AC Cobra, we thought it was great. Yeah, good point. 
Yeah, good point. And even when, you know, we talked with Harry, we appreciated that car for what it was, was because it was the same sort of body, fibreglass body. Yeah. And I'm not sure whether the original ACs were fibreglass or not. I don't think they were. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But the engine were Ford engines. Yeah, correct. And then, well, that led in quite well then for us the following week where you got to drive the 32 hot rod, which can have, you know, a Ford engine, a Chevy engine. Yeah. You build it to what you want. Yeah. And it was interesting with that, which I didn't like the idea of the – this was a 32 hot rod. 32 hot rod. But – and it had a Ford engine. But often they'd put a Chevy engine in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that was only because it was, I think, easier to work on. Easier to work on, a little bit cheaper and, and things. But yeah. to me, it I felt good that it was a Ford engine in yep. a Ford car. Yeah, correct. It makes sense. To I like me, that. It does. Sort of I stuff. like that idea. You know, then we went back in time. We drove a Citroen 2CV. Oh, what a big difference from the, the from Ford the hot, rods, the hot the, rod. The, the hot the, rod was something the AC like Cobra. six or seven or 800 horsepower on the hot rod, and the 2CV probably had 30 horsepower, I don't know. But once again, appreciated the history, the heritage, the story behind Colin's cars. Yeah, and they were the people's cars. Right. So I the 2CV was there for the masses, and it was done designed – at purposely for farm and for farm hands, and look, what about the gear stick coming out of the oh, dash? Mate. I couldn't. When you said you want to drive it, I was too scared to drive because none. I thought of no one I'm going to be able to change gears like that. But when you picture the lever that comes out of the dash, yeah. and the gear stick is inside the engine, well, not inside the engine, inside the engine bay, should I yeah. say? And you can actually relate it how the how first, it, second, third, and fourth. But look, I that was actually that put a smile on my face, and we talked about that compared to the Fiat Five Hundred. Yeah, and we liked the Two CV more. Yeah, really. I thought it was great. And he had a couple of those, one a later model as well. But again, of the history and and the 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 things that he did with that car, with the rallies, and we're talking serious rallies in terms of distance, thousands of miles, ridiculous, thousands, right? So that was a great that was a great experience. Then we got to drive a car, which I had driven before also. You didn't. The Alfa Romeo Giulio Quattrofoglie. And that's the, the, on our YouTube video, our most viewed video. That, that was a good – and I was surprised about that too because it was an Alfa, but it just shows the passion for Alphas. The new Giulio, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We do have to do a 105. Yeah, we haven't done that. So for 2023, we'll do a 105. But that Julia, the QV, mind you, I do like that colour too. That cherry, is it cherry red or yeah, something like that? Something like that. But uh, and, Rosso. And, and we did talk about that one about the tyres uh, scrubbing or gr- yeah, that. But that's actually been sorted, and I think the owner said it was mainly the the sets of tyres. So he's got a new set of tyres, and it doesn't do and it, it doesn't do it anymore because we didn't like that at all. So we have to drive that again. I just it's unbelievable the power that that thing's got. Well, if you look at that owner there, you know, without mentioning names, obviously, but he's got an Alpha the the Giulia Quattrofoglia. He's got a Bentley Continental GT Superfast. He's got a Ferrari three sixty. He's got a Porsche nine eleven. And the car he loves driving the most is the Alpha. Is the Alpha? Yeah. Right. So great collection of cars. We have to do the Bentley. Actually, we have to do the Bentley. I think that one is because uh, that's the what do you call super it? fast. Uh, not the super fast. Um, super sport. 
Continental Super, Super Sport. Sport. Super yeah. Sport. But that's a W12. Yeah, that's right. So we'll we'll do that one. I mean, uh, it's certainly not a classic yet, but it might be. Got to drive my dream car this year, the 2416 Dino. Must well, really be my highlight of the year. Well, it's I'm got to call it now. It's up there with my highlight too, one of the highlights, uh, um, because we've always talked about them and neither of us had driven it. Yeah. That was a great experience. My and, God. And the beauty about that as well, that and we did talk about that, it was a concourse car. Yeah. In other words, this car was immaculate. So there was nothing in there. You think, oh, there's a bit noisy here. And it was showroom, showroom, showroom. Well, well, the only thing was yeah. the tyres. The tyres needed to change. The tyres were old tyres. Well, the only problem with that whole podcast that week, the video, everything we've done – is I've had sleepless nice nights since. And you still, that's right. Because I'm just Googling, trying to find one, right? Just constantly Are you getting closer? At, no. They're getting more and more difficult to find, Mick. Let me tell you, but that's a story for another time. We then drive the 1927 Lunch Alumda. We now, didn't even know what that was beforehand. But how good was that? That was, but again, you look at the story. You know, the story, she's 80-year-old, she's owned it for 59 years. It was a university car. 21st, she got it on a a 21st, and she bought that car or got given that car or whichever way it was because um, she didn't want a modern car, modern car, so she she bought it. Mate, the lounge suite, the interior was like a lounge room in Huge. Right? Unbelievable. Did you ever think you would drive one of those? Well, we didn't. We didn't. Actually, that one we didn't drive. Well- we were passengers in there. Yeah, we were passengers because um, anyway, but that one there, that was a first for, the, for lunch back then, yep. independent front suspension. It was a V4. Yeah. So it was up there and had a monocoupe. So the, the chassis was the, the part of the body and then you put whatever on top. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Then, Mick, we went to the track. So from a 1927 Seven, car. Lunch Lambda. We went to a BM. M2 competition car. I'm not sure what year it is, a 2020 or oh. 2019 or whatever. Now, I thought, oh, how good can this M2 be? Wow, when the owner took me for a drive around that track, hey, you, I think I came out white. You came out. Your face was white as a ghost. No, but I still am in shock. When I think about it, I'm still my – I could not believe that car. It was intense. Yeah, but the thing is as well, which was surprising, he did the same lap time as he normally would by himself that he did with you in there because it was on the screen. Flying, man. He was flying, let me tell you. He had a great time. You came out thinking this is actually a car that you can actually Drive every day and and track track it. it. Yeah, 100%. So that was a great experience. And the same gentleman had a 1985 Audi Quattro. Yes. Now, now that that, was going back in time. That was going back in time. But not only going back in time, that – I don't think they came to Australia, those those cars. No, no, we, he bought it from the UK, did he? Or yeah, no, he bought well, it from here, but yeah, the, someone that was, imported it. Yeah. So that one there, the interior, the you know, just the oh, era. I was like stepping back in yeah. time, back but, into 1985. And, and we that, got to drive that for a good couple of hours up and back, Mick, remember? That's correct, because we took it up to the track where, to meet up with him in the BM. Yeah, so that was awesome. That, that was um, unbelievable. And, uh, and you found respect for Audi, because like I said, I'm not a big fan of Audi, so that was excellent. Neither am I, really. Um 
but he does love his Audis. And, uh, well, look, you've got to respect the Audis in terms of their competition in the rallies. Yeah. You know, they competed against the lunch of Deltas and the WRXs. And so they're up there, there's no doubt. And then we got to drive Carlo's you know, 500 Arbath racer restoration or or recreation, we I should think, say. Uh, it's a recreation, recreation. I suppose. Yeah. Recreation or tribute. How good was that? Look. He did an amazing job. Right. And again, that's with the, a lot of his own design in there, you know, the carbon fibre stuff that he's put in there, the key that's carbon fibre, the gated shifter, the, you know, the engine bay, the boot, the engine lid. That's what it's hard not to get excited when you see what some people have done with their cars, right? The passion they have, the enthusiasm they show for their cars. How can you not get caught up in it? Yeah, it's... That, that's why we love it so much. Well, this is the problem. Every time I see one, I say, I want to buy one of these. I want to buy one of these. And that's what he said because he remembered that as a kid in his hometown in Sicily. That they used to go past. He goes, one day I've got to get one. I've got to get one. And he did. And back then they used to just use them in their hill climbs and, okay, it was, you know, relatively lower speed, of course. But he's he's built one absolutely fantastic. And it's taken him a while to get it tuned and sorted to how, how he's sorted. And he's still tweaking. He's, he's still, still tweaking, tweaking things yeah. and making little parts for it. And that's what happens when you don't bring it back to original, but you're actually designing, so it's customising, you know. Um, you're always tweaking it and thinking, I can do this and I can I can do change this, this yeah. yeah. And then we finish the year, Mick, with, oh, with a with bang. A bang. Unbelievable. 365 Daytona. GTB4. All right. A dream car for you. Oh, look, that that was amazing. That, to me, you know, and I, I did compare it a fair bit and you asked me the question between that and the Lusso. The so what we started the year with in 1963, we finished in 1970, what is it, 1973? 1970. No, it was well, 1970. It's there a 1970. Go. So it's one of the early ones. Not bad bookends for the year, let me tell you. Australian delivered, one owner. Uh, one owner, one car. owner. Engine never been out. Has had some touch up in paint, but the car, to me, that one there. I look. I was a little bit nervous to start off with, and the disappointing thing, if I've got to say anything on that car, is really that we didn't have it long enough. Yeah, I agree. You know, if we had it really, you. Oh, I keep saying really, but if we had it for a day. And we oh. took it for a long trip. You know, we swapped drivers. It, you know, it's a straight line cruise. Oh, that's what I said. Imagine driving that, driving on a, you know, to Melbourne, Adelaide to Melbourne. What a drive, right? Yeah. Um, um, straight yeah. road. Yeah, Just, you say it's a straight I, line cruiser. I, I don't think I would want to throw it around the hills, but I would like to see what it would do around the hills. Yeah, I think again would get a better appreciation. It, now it'd have to be the sweeping bend. We wouldn't want to do the Adelaide corkscrew on Gorge Road. Absolutely not. You know, there's no point. I don't yeah. think. But I think the sweeping bends and something, you know, some of the ones down south would be absolutely amazing. But to be stuck in traffic with it, that was oh, not not disappointing. But I was a bit concerned. But temperature wise, the car is completely well sorted. You know, the temperature didn't go off the halfway no, mark. It was perfect. It was perfect. It really was amazing. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask you, Mick, your top three for the year then for 2022. Because I don't know how 2023 can get better, but I do know there's a Mura coming. There's so hopefully a Mura coming. There's a Mura coming. But 2022, your top three. My top three. Okay. Not in any order at this Not stage. Not in any order. 
my not in any. It's got to be the Daytona's got to be up there. Okay. All right. So the Daytona has got to be up there in the top three, and the two four six. Two four six. The GTS. The two four six has got to be up there. Yeah. And three. And three would have to be the two fifty Lusso. Yeah. I, uh, what have I forgotten in that? Um, that you've driven. No, I think you've nailed it. You've hit I think, the nail on I the think head. Those three. I mean, we're not talking about the ones that we own. That's a no, different no. story. They are the but, top three for me this year, uh, hands down. And in no particular order. Oh, the, the Dino would be my number one. Well, I'd think so for the for yourself, the Dino. But in all of them, I would like to drive them more. Yeah. The only one that I probably wouldn't want to drive more is probably the two fifty Lusso, only because now I think it's the seating. So if I had there I say it, a cushion, yeah. and I could see over. Because the Daytona, how I could move the seat forward and the height was perfect. Yeah, you, you felt more comfortable in the it. The Dino, I felt comfortable in it straight away, the 246. And yeah. I think you did too. No, I loved it. You know, um, That's my highlight. Matter of fact, you you know, you know, you annoyed me because you wanted to keep driving. And it was, I, it I, would yeah. have been nice. Yeah. But anyway, for 2023, we'll see what happens. Watch, um, th- watch this space. Uh, watch this space. But certainly for 2022, there were some real good highlights and uh, certainly a lot of them were classics. Anyway, you can catch us on the show at mickandori at gmail.com and, of course, on Instagram and YouTube. And we should have some of these uh, highlights uh, over the this past year. I think we need to say a big thank you to all the owners of the cars Definitely. who have allowed us you know, to drive their precious pride and joy. Their precious pride and joy. So thank you to all the owners. Yep. All right. And remember, if your car's not a classic, it will be one day. Thank you. Thanks, guys.